Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Last week, we were discussing CIC Issue 5, which you can find at the website cicministry.org. And we were talking about both anointing in the Old Testament and then Jesus as the anointed one. This week, we are going to discuss anointing and the Christian. And that's really a very important topic as it is anointing itself is a word that is very much abused in charismatic circles. And it's something that's really misunderstood by a lot of Christians today. So you had mentioned last week, First John is really important for Christians to understand when it comes to understanding anointing. And it says in First John 2.20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you all know. Okay, who's John speaking to here? The church, Christians. Yes, we, we have an them. anointing. All the Christians. All Christians. That are truly born of God. There you go. Now we need to talk about that because that's probably where some of the confusion comes. Okay. Since the time of the apostles, something arose called Christendom. Yes. So there are literally billions of Christians who don't even know God. Right. They grow up in a Christian religion. Many never hear the gospel. They have all kinds of things that they go through. Some grow up in churches that are so liberal, they deny everything that's Christian. Yes. There's still a church. So in order that we, we're talking about the same thing John was, we need to clarify, because John begins his epistle, First John, with Christ, who he is. Right. Okay? Just as he does the gospel of John. And so if you have an incorrect doctrine of Christ, you don't believe in the Christ as the very creator, God the Son, second person of the Trinity, who came into the world, was born of a virgin, literally, in fulfillment of prophecy, lived a sinless life, fully human, fully God, who predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection, and accomplished it, who shed his blood once for all, for forgiveness of sins, for all who believe, and for cleansing, and who ascended on into the right hand of God, Psalm 110, verse 1, and laid out in both the end of Luke and in the first chapter of Acts, poured out the Spirit, day of Pentecost. Those who believe in him and trust him are born of God, as it says in John chapter 3 and elsewhere, and they are the ones that John's referring to that they have an anointing. Yes. They are anointed. In the context there, this 1 John 2.20, the verse immediately before that, 
is about those who went out. First John 2, 18, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Right, no lie is of the truth. There's the terminology there, you find this grounded in the Gospel of John as well, especially in uh, John chapter 8. Okay. No lie. Who's the liar? See, that some people who believed in him, he said, if you continue my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth. Truth will set you free. They said, we've never been in bondage. We're Abraham's children, John 8. And so they, they're debating with, he's de Jesus debating with believers. Right. By the end, they claimed, they told Jesus he had a devil. Yeah. And. Um, Which then we know they weren't truly believers. No, they were. They were they were of the their father the devil the liar the father of the lie yes no lies of the truth what's the lie you shall be like God yes you can have special status okay and isn't that the kind of lie that's told today absolutely denying the uniqueness of Christ and adding some status to ordinary believers who can claim they have some greater anointing than other Christians. Right. So that's literally what John warned about is what's happening. Yes. Okay? The ones that went out from us didn't even know God. Yes. Okay. Not born of God. Not of Christ. They're not confessing the truth about Christ. They're of the Antichrist spirit. Right. So Christ, you... ha Christos, is the anointed one. Antichristos is the false anointed one or you know auntie can mean either in replace replacement for or against and as many scholars say well in some contexts it means both yes antichrist is against christ by making himself the false christ okay spirit is a spirit that claims some anointing that didn't actually come from the anointed one that's right and that is what we see a lot of now so you say it this way in your article, there is only one anointed one who is anointed above his peers, see Hebrews 1, 9, Jesus Christ. There are many antichrists gone out into the world, which we saw in 1 John 2, 18, who claim to be the anointed ones, but they are liars and imposters. They will perform signs to prove their claims to be the anointed ones from God, but John warns believers not to follow them. Absolutely. So we, and you know, all you have to do is say Dutch Sheets on Facebook and you get really neat sponsored ads about all these different charismatic events going on where, where they claim the anointing is going to pour forth if you go to their meeting and you're going to see signs and wonders. And First John 2 should be the end of all of that. Yes, let's get our categories correct. As I said last week, I shared this with 
pastors in the early 90s. And they didn't try to refute what I said, but then when they get back to their movement, it just keeps on going. They don't correct things. Yes. And so we need to submit to the authority of Scripture and not take uh, some practice that's directly opposed to what Scripture says and think that it's going to please God or that we'll be safe while we're doing it. Right. Because we're seriously in danger of imbibing of an Antichrist spirit. Yes, and that's what John's warning us about. Yeah, John is warning the church. Right. They went out from us. So if someone offers you, if you are trusting Jesus Christ alone, you have the correct doctrine of Christ, and therefore the person of Christ who's seated at the right hand of God and intercedes for us, we've been talking about, if you know him, you're born of God, no one has some more anointing to give you. Right. It's not there. Right. And it always goes back to extra biblical revelation. Right. They have some higher order experience that ordinary Christians are lacking, but claiming to have a special anointing uh, that comes from somewhere other than the true anointed one who get, who's anointed all Christians is the very definition of promoting the Antichrist spirit. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, this isn't, not only is it taught, I, I noticed in my article, I cited 2 Corinthians one twenty one. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is, is God. Yes. So it's this common anointing of the Holy Spirit that makes the body of Christ one. Right. Now, now these 30-some years later, I'm teaching through 1 Corinthians, and one of the themes in 1 Corinthians is that the false apostles claim some special status that ordinary Christians don't have. Yes. And Paul refused that, and we were talking about that when we went through his uh, the people claiming to have gone to heaven. Right. We covered that. So the theme is, if you're part of the body of Christ, whatever your gift is, it's from the Spirit, if it's a spiritual gift, and it doesn't have to look grand to be valid. Yes. And it's not lesser than somebody who has something that they prayed around as being due to some greater anointing. That's not how the gifts of the Spirit work. Right. And that that's just always misused, and it really shouldn't be. Yep. You say in your article, Christians have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so should not be misled by false Christs and spiritual teachers offering secrets that can only be learned from those elite teachers. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we see going on. But we need to understand we were anointed with the Holy Spirit at conversion. We right. have, we are all anointed ones the anointing is what we have in Christ. And and you say here, all Christians are anointed with the same Holy Spirit, so they are not lacking access to any truth which has been revealed by God. Right. So when they're saying you need to come to this meeting to learn about this, you can just say out of hand, no. If you can only get it at that meeting and it can't be gained through proper biblical exegesis and valid implications and applications that follow from that teaching, 
then it's not from God. Right. Now you can go to a seminar on how to get your roses to bloom. <laughs> yes. That's general revelation, but it's not salvific knowledge. Right. Okay. So if they're claiming spiritual knowledge that's unique or spiritual anointing that's unique that ordinary Christians lack, we know before we even go to the meeting that we're going to hear false teaching. Yes. We know that. And I have yet to have any of the people, I presented this directly to pastors who uh, tend to believe these things. This was in the 90s. And then none of them have told me that I have my understanding of Scripture wrong because I'm not interpreting correctly. Okay. They'll claim maybe I didn't have the same experience, so I don't I don't really understand it. So then it's experience above Scripture. Right, but then even that falls flat because I actually was in a group that had every one of these experiences. Yes. And there's a reason I got out of it. Yeah. Oh, even they can't even say that because I've had the experiences. Okay. And I was at the meetings and I saw these manifestations. But I still believe that manifestations may or may not be from God. But if they're given in the context of something other than the true gospel, we can't trust them. Right. And if we're not motivated to preach Christ and to by love serve one another, then we're probably looking for something that's not from God. Yes. Do you want to read for us this first John two twenty seven that you cite in the article? I was just thinking of doing that. All right, good. It says here, one John two twenty seven, as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointed anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie. And it's just as it has taught you, you abide in him. Okay. So the teaching and the abiding, meno is the Greek word abide, a, a word that's thematic in John's writings, means to stay put, firmly established. The anointing came from Christ. We, we teach the doctrine of Christ as John did in 1 John 1, 1 through 3 and elsewhere. And uh, in the Gospel of John, John 1, 1 through 18, the doctrine of Christ, who he is, what he did, why we need him, the uniqueness, he's uniquely the anointed one. And in that regard, we are safe and we don't have, there's no special teaching that you're lacking. Yes. John is telling us that. Yeah. So why do we not believe what Christ and his apostles Taught. And that's an important question. We always need to kind of be on our guard for these things that are slipping in that so easily distract us and pull us away from the truth. Yes, and it's pretty easy to see what attracts people to it by the very stories. Yes. Okay. Everyone living in this fallen world, including Christians, has troubles. Right. Everyone knows whether it's your own trouble with this sickness or financial problems or whatever, we all go through at some point, whether it's relatives, children, friends, coworkers, there's horrible things going on in this world. 
Okay. And we're all in the same trouble as far as just how wicked some of the policies of the civil government is right now. Right. We're seeing culture decline at warp speed. It's it's shocking. It's shocking how bad yes. it is. And uh, it's hard to shock me after all these years, but this is, it keeps getting worse. Okay. So I don't know what happened to the 1980s dominionists. Yeah. What happened to the moral majority? Where did they well, go? Yeah, well, it did not. The problem is they have a, a flawed worldview because they don't see the fact that the church age is one chunk of God's timing that goes from Pentecost to the rapture. Okay. All right. Now, I know they mock the idea of the rapture and they call any of us who believe in it defeated Christians, but I'm, I'm undeterred because I think we've done the exegetical work to understand that. Yep. Christ is coming for us. Okay. We're not going to defeat the world and say, okay, we got the world defeated for you. Here, Jesus, come and we'll give it to you. Right. Okay, we're not going to be the ones who are going to be like Samuel anointing David, who's going to bring Messiah back because we did the work and we we defeated the enemies. Okay. He's already the anointed one. He's coming yeah. for us. Right. Right. So during that period from Pentecost till whenever church age ends, world politics goes in many different directions, whether that on the surface is better or worse for Christians. Okay. It goes anywhere from martyring Christians to making life miserable for Christians to sometimes having well-ordered affairs that makes it a lot easier to live life and teach our kids and to worship freely. Yes. Those things happen and then go away and happen, or some places in the world have never had them. Okay. Okay. But that's life in a fallen world. But it's never stopped the church from growing. It's never stopped God from saving people. It's never caused uh, a stop of the preaching of the gospel. And every time one person repents and believes the gospel— they are built on that foundation, Christ and his apostles. They're part of the kingdom, citizens, the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1, uh, 13 and 14. And that won't be taken away from them. And it doesn't go away because of troubles, because of being hated, because of rebellious children, because of bad leadership in the country, because of horrible things being taught. Uh, around the world, or even to our children if they're stuck in a bad school for whatever reason, none of that can take us away from the love of God. Okay. And to say that we have to get this prophetic anointing to take charge of the heavenlies and change all of that, we were talking about the uh, statement from 2021. Yes. It's, it's not even feasible. I can't even see the world that way. Right. And we recently, he really kind of reiterated a lot of the same things that we talked about. This is Dutch Sheets in his Watchman decree that we covered a few months ago. Right. It didn't happen in 2021. History. It didn't happen in 2022. And it's not going to happen now. Well, it doesn't happen because we're not in charge. Right. God may, may give us 
a more favorable cultural situation to be Christians and raise our children. And we all want that. And we That's want natural. that. We pray for that. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for civil leaders and so on. But that's part of providence. God's in charge of, charge of providence, not man. Yes. That's where they make their big error. They think if we get some special anointing, we'll be in charge of what's going to happen. Right. Okay. So we saw this, that we, every single Christian has an anointing, and it's not a greater anointing than some other Christian. Okay. The only special anointed one is Christ. Yes. There are many antichrists, false anointed ones. There's the antichrist, the false anointed one, but there are no special anointed Christians. Right. That's not found anywhere in the New Testament. Yes. Now you say um, in your article, by definition, a supposed Christ is claiming to have a special anointing that sets him apart from everyone else. Since all Christians have an anointing that they received as a gift from the anointed one, Jesus Christ, the false teachers have nothing legitimate to offer them. Thus, John can say to you, you have no need for anyone to teach you. Yes, and I, I feel very uh, blessed that what was what I wrote in 1992 is still valid today. Nothing's changed. Why? Why is that? Because I'm a prophet? No, because I know the future only what the Bible says. Because it was grounded in exegesis, and the Bible doesn't change. Right, and clearly so this was going on in John's day too. This is right. nothing new. No, and so whether it's the first century or it was 1992 or 2023 as we are now, it doesn't matter. The word of God doesn't change. I would advise any younger preachers to do that. Okay. okay. The example we want to follow is teaching the scripture, as Paul told Timothy. Yes. If you show yourself approved by studying and teaching, oh, don't only teach something after you've done enough study to be sure that you, you understand the text and that the applications truly follow and you won't have to apologize 30 years later. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean we can't be wrong, but if we are, we admit it and we show where we're wrong and why we were wrong and correct it. Right. And and we're open to being corrected by scripture. Well, that's why in our Sunday school, we have a mic and we allow people to together look for the, the best reading. The meaning yes. of the author is the only one that matters. Yep. Not the meaning of the Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Hopefully agrees with the biblical author, but that's the baseline is scripture alone. Now, I said I noticed here in this article, there are people called by God to be teachers in the New Testament, but they have the same anointing as other Christians and are not privy to secrets or special revelations. Right. And that's an important distinction. John is not saying here, we have no need of pastors or elders. None of us need to be taught. There are teachers and elders in local churches that are responsible for teaching us, and we need to be in a local fellowship where we are learning. But we don't need to go to a special meeting to get this new revelation through a special anointing and all that goes on with that. Exactly. And so the sooner the better, get into Scripture and study. 
The tools are out there. I see I wrote, the teaching of Scripture is not being forbidden here in 1 John, but the claiming of an exclusive anointing that causes certain special teachers to have unique revelations unavailable to the rest of the congregation. Yes. Teach the word. Paul predicted when Timothy was in Ephesus, he wrote and said the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine, but heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Yes. But what's the antidote? Preach the word. Right. Sound doctrine. But you, we need to teach sound doctrine. Yes. And we need one another, and we need every member of the body of Christ and whatever gifts have been given. And so then I see in the article, we go on and teach the priesthood of every believer. Later, many years later, I wrote an article just on the priesthood of every believer. Yes. And you can find that on the website. And we also did a podcast series on that. But we do have about five minutes left. Do you just want to kind of give us a quick overview of the priesthood of every believer? Well, in the Old Testament, they had a high priest. And if you wanted to claim the same status, you got in big trouble. Yes. You might be like Korah. Okay. Yeah, that didn't end well. He dropped right into the shoal. Yes. Uh, Not good. God had chosen Moses. And the anointed one is Messiah, predicted in the Old Testament, on the scene of history in the Gospels and Acts, taught about in the epistles, coming again. And he is the the prophet, priest, and king. Okay. The high priest of our confession, the anointed one, and the king. Okay. The king of kings and lord of lords. So don't let anything detract from the uniqueness of Christ. And that being said, everyone who turns to Christ and trusts in him is part of that. Yes. We're directly under him. And there's no big hierarchy of of uh, authoritative ones. The, the New Testament is a body with every member attached to the head. The two roles given in the New Testament are elders and deacons. Yes. They're to, they're to teach and to serve, but not to have some special anointing that gives them access to what ordinary Christians don't have. Okay. In its essence... That's what we teach. And I and I'll I'll stand up for that anywhere, anytime, because it's so utterly biblical. Okay. The authority of scripture, the priesthood of every believer. You all have an anointing from the Holy One. You have no need of someone to teach you. Not many we don't need teachers in a church. You don't need an anointed one to teach you something you couldn't learn in the Bible if you knew where to study it and where the doctrine is. That's why we equip the saints. But the anointed ones that we're talking about have teachings you can't get from the Bible. You can only get from them. Yes. And that is warned about and is identified as the spirit of Antichrist. Right. And that should be a stern warning to these teachers, but they don't see it. Well, Jessica, you're on social media, which I'm not. Do you have a sense of why this keeps gaining popularity despite these warnings? 
you know, I think a lot of it really just it plays on human emotions and we want things to be better and we want things to change. And it's really easy to fall into this trap of if we can get enough Christians all working together and we can follow these leaders who are claiming we can change our nation or, uh, you know, reclaim it for God. Outwardly, it kind of sounds good. Who doesn't want to have a Christian nation or who doesn't want to have a better culture? And these teachers are generally very engaging to listen to. They have a lot of personality. They hold the attention of the audience. Using a different sense of the word, we would say they are very charismatic. They do what they do very well. And if we're not on guard and if we're not, you know, if we don't have our Bible in hand saying, show this to me in scripture, it's very easy to get swept up in the emotions of the whole thing and forget that we need to deal with what God has actually said. Well, I can add what I can add to that was my own experience in the 70s when I was in a group that was considered cutting edge. Yes. And that's really what it boils down to is something new, something different, something that's not tainted like everything else out there. Right. Because we were told everything, ordinary life is Babylon. Okay. And we've got to get out of Babylon and get into the kingdom by joining a group and having some, and that was based on a hierarchical structure as well. And um, I can tell you, been there, done that. Yes. But in the end, I wouldn't have had anything of eternal value to share other than what I taught about from Scripture. At some point, just went to teaching Scripture alone because I didn't want to lay things out there based on being young and the exciting preacher and charismatic and has all kinds of great stories. That won't leave you high and dry, but the Scripture never will. Yes. And the truth never will. So now with social media, which, again, I don't have, but Jessica described it, this is really seductive. Yes. If you can click a share link and everybody can... Right. You don't have to go to a physical location sometimes. Well, and the music has really worked to spread it too. And they're very good at getting the emotional, uh, the emotionally manipulative music out there. So you're already kind of, they, they get the crowd all worked up with the music and then deliver the heresy. Although you can usually see that in the music too. And it spreads so fast because of social media. One of the things that's all over social media right now is this new documentary kind of exposing Gothardism and the Duggar family and all that went on with that. And I don't want to watch it. I'm not planning to watch it. But one thing that's been made clear as I'm reading all these posts and interacting with different people, you can have the charismatic end of things where they have their and you know Dutch sheets and his anointing and he's an apostle and he's got the power and if you go to him all of these things will happen well there's the same ditch on the other side of the road yeah. where you can have the the independent fundamentalist baptist version where gothard is the untouchable one but if you follow his system and you send his your if you send your kids through his program and you parent them this way and you do all these things well, now now we're going to have Christendom going about it that way. And he's just as much a false prophet as Dutch Sheets. 
Well, that's interesting you bring it up because that group I was in, mm -hmm. you were a little girl. Yeah. We were required to go to Gothard. Wow. We had to go through a seminar. Yep. Our basic mm -hmm. youth conflicts. Well, and that's interesting. People keep asking me to watch it and give my take on it. And I just, I no, just don't was, want to. No, I, well, yeah. I, I went through Gothard and, and there was a guy who wrote a book about it. He's in Illinois. Yeah. Um, I, when I graduated from seminary, he was there. He brought a, a young man who was 18 from with him from Wisconsin, I think it was Illinois. And the guy, the kid, was sharing what it was like to grow up in this Gothard group. Okay. Like. Yes. And it was just horrible. Right. And Don Benoit, I think, uh, is the name of the Oh, guy. okay, yes. I actually just read an article by him on that topic. Right. We had him come and speak then after I heard him at the when he brought that guy, the young man, and he was warning people about this uh, but in the late 90s. Yes. So well, now see, Duggars, their show was Why? 19 kids and counting, and they were promoting all of that, and well, it was hugely right. popular. Well, I the reason we were required to go to it was a teaching a trickle-down authoritative approach to everything. Right. The and whole it umbrella over system. over to our group because the head guy, Jack Winter, gave the revelation and then we all had it went on down you had to obey yes it was like moses yep so it was this authoritative you do it this way because we say you have to do it this way right yep well wow. so there you go in the 70s and then the bad fruit of that's being exposed now well it was before then yeah and now you have different versions so this stuff gets recycled one thing you could do is learn from people that found out it was bad a long time ago. Right, exactly. And really what you were saying about the whole, I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the Gothard umbrella system where you've got God and then the pastor and then the husband and then the mother and then the children. Oh, it's all over. But yeah, that really well, comes right back to the priesthood of every believer. And we are all anointed as true believers, we are all under Christ with nobody in between us, and we need to stand firm in that. Right, and trade people how to study the scriptures for themselves so that when things go wrong, they can correct the leaders if they need to. Yes. Give them the tools. Yep. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles, at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus. I'm Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.